Oh, I got his ass now. You have to be fast in the track. I hate that guy. This race could change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns at 15bmx.com. My bottle got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. Uh, we don't start dialing at 9.30 because our clients are already answering the phone. Three, two, one, let's fuck! Coffee Chatter show number 176. Little Chatter Radio live on a Monday night for you, T. This is, I don't know what we're calling this other than Chatter Radio. I'm, I was thinking the pre-grands preview show. This is the pre-pre-show. The pre-pre-show, right? That's better, yeah, the pre-pre-show. We, we're just team glasses now. You know what? It makes us look a lot smarter than we are, so we got to. I wear mine quite often now. Like whenever I'm on my laptop doing my deal, emails, all that crap, I, I, I use my glasses. If I don't, like this morning, I was just doing some emails on the couch and whatever, and my glasses were upstairs in the office. I just didn't feel like getting them. It was like kind of hard. I had to squint, and like the words were a little blurry. So yours are actual glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Mine are just the, the fake blue light glasses. <laughs> oh, so you, you wear those when you go to bed and you like you're on your phone and whatever? I well, I started wearing them. I got them because yeah, it's like that that thing about the blue light, if you're on your phone all the time, you know, try to help yourself, your yeah. eyes, whatever. And now that I started doing school stuff, I'm like I'm on screens even more so than I already was. Like I'll just start wearing them again. And now that I wear them, when I put them on, I feel like I'm doing something. I feel like it's yeah, I'm either doing school, or I'm doing business, I'm just something's happening when I have glasses on. I'm at the point where it's like, I'm, if I'm typing an email, if I'm not wearing my glasses, I have to like kind of strain to make sure everything's really, everything's like clear, mm -hmm. or I got to just increase the font a little bit, the size. <laughs> it's all a little bit fuzzy. How did you, yeah, when did little, you like know you needed glasses? Super random. So in like 2014, no, 2015, I was at Connor's house and his girlfriend, Laura, I just like put on her glasses one day just for, they were just on the table and I just, whatever, put them on. Dude, I, and I could see clear. I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> I had no idea. Never, I don't think I had my eyes checked ever, maybe in like, I don't know, fucking elementary school or something. And so I put her glasses on and no joke, I could see clearer. So then I went, this was in 2015. I went to the eye doctor and got, I did an eye test or whatever. And I got a prescription glasses. Granted, my prescription is pretty weak. Like I don't need to wear them. Mm -hmm. And like basically for the driver's test as well, I passed the eye exam without glasses. Okay. Basically, the best way to describe it is like, it just sharpened things up. Like I can up. read stuff, it sharpens things up. Or what I noticed, like, especially after I tried hers, like a while back or whatever, I can see street sign, like read street signs way, like probably, like you could probably see it or read the street sign half or double the distance that I could, if that explanation makes sense. It makes sense a little bit. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You say, okay, I can read the sign. And then like halfway there, I could start being able to read it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes everything a little clearer, a little sharper, a little easier, just a little easier on your body, your eyes. So, so that was like, actually why when we hit, when we play golf and if we hit drives, sometimes it's hard for me to see exactly where it lands. Hmm, okay. 
That's good to know. He like, I know exactly. a little bit. like I could see it when it's in the air and whatever, but like it's hard for me to see if it like went in a bunker or if it's on the fairway, basically. Okay, yeah. When it starts, is there is it harder further away? It's probably harder further than shorter. Further away, yeah. yeah. Shorter's fine. You wanna know what it probably also helps you with T. It probably also helps you read the ProGate Europe uh logo on the back of the gate. <laughs> Absolutely it does. ProGate Europe, we all know winning starts with a great gate. It's you know, at this point, it's it's you know, it's no secret. Um, Josh McLean, hell of a starter on a on a pro get Europe. Absolutely phenomenal starter. Clearly, he has uh, multiple wins this season. I think he's uh, the front runner of wins. He's you don't do that by not being able to practice and perform on a pro get Europe, guys. You keep just it just doesn't work like that. So if you're out there, no. tracks out there, go get yourself one. Let him know that Coffee Chatter sent you guys that you want a gate because Coffee Chatter sent you. That's the only reason. I'm, I'm going to start off the show with a rant. We haven't done a rant in a while, and I was thinking of this, and I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I agree. So, so yeah. pro, of the year, pro of the year, neither Laura or Josh, the two leaders in the pro classes, are up for pro of the year. I'll never understand why that's happening. That's ridiculous. It is. I mean, <laughs> it really just is. They are the two it? by default. By fucking default, they are the two pros of the year. This is why I think the name of it is deceiving for what the award is. It's got to be like fan favorite pro of the year, not pro of the year. Hmm. Interesting. Because I'm with you on that too. At the end of the day, if we're looking for who was the best pro of the year, no matter if they win the title or not, in my opinion, you're looking for who was the most standout rider all year long. So that's like whatever pro was standing out there, win races, making moves, whatever it was. But... We, yeah. all, we all know it's not really that. And yeah, I think it should be just either a different name or two. Maybe it should be two different awards. I don't know. Like those awards I think are so cool and it's like a big deal to win it. I think it's, you know, it's pretty special to know you've been voted for something, mm-hmm. but especially when you're voted for by peers, by riders, you know, totally. There's, not, there's nothing better than having the um, approval of your peers or the support of your peers. But Josh, like Josh or Laura would both deserve it. Josh has had a hell of a year leading the pro points and he's not even up for the up for it. Neither is Laura. Like there's something, something missing there. We've taken a wrong turn somewhere down the road of where this award is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, like I like the awards, but I think it's it's and I don't think either of them would care. Like if you ask about them, they don't care. Like they just want the actual, they want the USA BMX Pro title, of course. It, winning a title like that would be just be gravy and something cool for sure. But it's ridiculous that they, they're no. neither of them are up for it. It is ridiculous. It is kind of funny to think about it. They might not really give that big of a heck at the end of the day, but I do agree. And I think a lot of people also do agree that those awards are pretty prestigious at the end of the day. Like if you win one, that's pretty damn yeah. cool. Um, for sure. And we've they are definitely like, prestigious. Like it's, it's cool. And you can see like, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but you can see like the, you know, previous years, all the winners of it. It's, that's special. And you can tell when you see like, I mean, Nick obviously has been a front runner, I think for this pro of the year award and like Lindsay and other people have been kind of vouching for him, pushing for him to win it for, for just being like kind of the, your favorite pros, favorite pro this year, just having fun, hanging out with people. He's obviously raised so much money. And so you can clearly see from him, like it means something. He's obviously wants to win the award. So it means something. Um, it's just, yeah, we've, I think we've been on the same page that it's just not like the, who was the top pro? It's more of like a, who's the fan favorite this year? It is, it is turned into more of that. And I, 
personally, I would like to see it be like the the pro who's been like the best in racing and been the biggest badass in racing is what I think the award should be. So you know what? We um we remember a few shows ago we talked about if we're gonna do our awards again. We just we haven't really done anything about it. I've been pretty it's busy. One, it's days. one of those I was I was thinking about that first. We're kind of both busy. It's one of those things we just haven't really done. Yeah, I mean back in the day when we did it, I really wasn't busy. Like my main goal was doing that at the time. These days mm-hmm. I've been Whenever I have free time, I should be doing school and I haven't been, but I think we could do one. We could do one where we basically pick ourselves and we announce it at the live show. And I think we do our own. Who was the most, who was the pro of the year? Like outstanding rider of the year. We got, we can't call it pro of the year though, because I mean, that's somebody else's title. Outstanding rider of the year. Could be that. Yeah. We could make one of those. So we, just we, could have... we, just, we just do an Instagram poll between Josh and Laura. Is that what we were thinking? <laughs> I mean, no, we could pick. We got, we well, gotta... we could actually. Okay, here's what we could do. We pick four, four women, four men. This is a quick one. We could do this. Four women, four men. Bracket it so that yeah. at the end of the day, it's, are we doing a, a male winner and a female? Or then we just put the male and the female against each other and we say, who's the winner? Good question. I mean, poll is everyone together. If you really want, we could just do all eight together. So four women, four men. We bracket it based off of the their current um, ranking in their series. I'll bracket it accordingly. So one against eight, or you know what I mean. And then you know we just filter it down. And at, at our live show at the Grands, we announce the winner. So we go four on each side: four men, four women. Combined. Not like foreign, like men and women separate. We do combined. What do you think? Which one do you like? Hmm. Combined women and men or separate sides? Oh, you mean like we either combine them from the get from the get go, or we just do, and then wait to the end to go. Okay, yeah, we, we we intermingle. <laughs> we intermingle, or we separate until the final. Okay, pa, What what are we going to give for the award? Uh, we'll get them a mug. I'll get an Amazon like tonight. I'll order a mug to the Tulsa house and they'll win an award, a coffee chatter mug. A chatty. A chat. They got to, and they're chatty. Yeah, they got to win a chatty. Okay. Okay. All right. I think, I think it may be more fun if we intermix it from the get go. All right. Boom. Done. There it is. Intermingled from the get go. What, what do you think? Yep. We'll start with like a what the number one woman. So Laura and Josh are on opposite opposite sides. We'll do the opposite seeds. Everyone cross. I'll figure out. I'll figure this shit out. Yeah. So we'll have quarterfinals one day, semifinals the one day. Yeah. The finals. <laughs> I like it. I'll like start. It. I'll start uh, tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow or Wednesday. I don't know when we will put the show up, but we'll get this done by the end of the week. One one thing a day. So it's going one a day. Okay. I love it. Love there we it. go. This we can do. This isn't too much. This isn't, you know, I, f- I don't feel like overwhelmed doing this. We got this. Four, yeah. Four felt overwhelming. This feels doable. This feels very doable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in the future we'll do four again, but for now, I think all the one is a, a good deal. Yep. I like it. All right. And we'll present it to them at the live show, ideally. Ideally, yes. Even if they're not there, we'll announce it, but we're going to make them come. What, what are we doing with the name? What do you want to do for it? Um, it's a work in progress, but. For now, we'll call it Outstanding Rider of the Year. Best Rider of the Year. <laughs> best Best Performance <laughs> so, of the Year. So just uh, so uh, descriptive. We need like top something. Top Racer of the Year. 
simple, simple and flashy. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Racer of the year, former of the year, top racer of the year, best rider of the year. Outstanding. I don't know. Kind of like the outstanding rider of the year. Okay. I like it too. I think that we'll, we'll see how it looks on the mug too. I think it'll look okay though. Outstanding rider of the oh, year. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be big. Do you, th- do you think, so the chatty awards we did in Argentina three years ago, do you think our winners still have the mugs? <laughs> God, I hope so. I think it'd be rude if they did. Those are a prestigious award. Like, do you think Alfie still has heartbreak of the year 2019? He said he was going to put it up on his mantle. He posted a picture. We should have checked if it's in the background. Did he? I, oh, yeah, that check. would be fucking awesome. That would be. <laughs> imagine. I think he was in it. Like I saw him and his his wife. I believe they're married. Yeah, his wife in the picture, and I think they were in their house, living room, maybe. I should have checked. I didn't. I can't go on my Instagram right now, so I can't see. But should have checked. Kind of want to ask. I want to ask them in Tulsa if they still have it. So I and Isaac had what was Isaac have again? Biggest improvement or something? Most improved. But we gave it to Lauren yeah. to give to Isaac. So who knows if it even made it to him? We need to ask him. I think it did. I feel like it did. Yeah, better have. Okay, so it was those two. And then Dino got the crash of the year. Past the year was oh oh Dino was crash of the year and Kyle White was past the year. Yeah. I I bet you Dino yeah. doesn't have his anymore. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't either. <laughs> uh, safe to say, probably not. So who knows? We had a, uh, there was an, okay, change of talk. There was an elite weekend of TV viewing this weekend. Did you watch Yellowstone yesterday? So I've watched one episode. I'm watching the second one tonight. So we can talk about one. Do you want to, do you want to discuss it now? Probably. No, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for someone, you know? You could, we could say, I could time it. We could talk about it for a certain amount of time and I'll say sp- Skip ahead three minutes. I'll say it was very good. I watched both of them from eight to ten thirty yesterday. They were very good episodes. Okay, skip ahead three minutes, two minutes right now. Skip ahead two minutes. It was really good. The first episode. I mean, they they hook you in every time. Everything they really do. It's just like the way it's like all drawn up in behind the scenes, like how kind of slow, but also like you can't not wait for it and watch. Did something sad happen the first one? I can't remember if it happened in the first or the second one. Um, at the end of the first one, what's her name? Uh, Casey's Casey's wife decides to try to drive to the hospital pregnant, having uh, is that menstrual cramps? Is that what it's called? No. Well, she, no, she's having a fucking, what's it called? Pregnancy God, cramps. We, no. I don't, is that not what it's called? No, it's not pregnancy cramps. Uh, contractions. contractions. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Clearly, I've never gone through mom's this. Moms listening to this right now, or just moms listening, or just like, are you kidding me? You two stupid assholes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then she gets in the accident. She's not paying attention. Like, first of all, what are you doing? First of all, you should not be driving. Second of all, don't they have like a chopper? Couldn't Casey just send a chopper? They're like, they got money. You'd think, right? Yeah. So that was bad. So just then, anything, yeah. but anything besides what you're doing right now would have been better. Uh, right? Like, n- no one gets in their car in that state. Are you kidding me? You have a living being inside of you. There's so much blackmail and it's just wild. Like, it's crazy. I hate Jamie. It's it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that when they're, when they're like on the border of Canada. That was kind of random as hell, isn't it? Yeah, it was pretty funny. They have the the quote unquote RCMP there just on their horses. (laughs) I know the the RCMP guy had an American accent. So I don't know how that works. (laughs) (laughs) That, That wasn't very accurate in my mind, so. 
Yeah, that wasn't very accurate. We needed we needed a we needed a strong Canadian accent on that guy to make it. They could have like they could have even gone overboard if they wanted to. So uh, that's that's like two minutes though. We'll cut it off there. Yeah. Okay. So I I got to share a documentary I watched. It was so you know the thirty for thirty ESPN documentaries. I know about them. Yeah. I watched a few. Yeah. You, you probably watched some. Yeah. Like they're documentaries about like famous sporting events or people. So I watched one that was called "Of Miracles of Men" and it was on the Russian national hockey team from the 70s and 80s so you know how like miracle on ice the u.s beat the russians the 1980 olympics in like placid mm-hmm. yeah so, like it's interesting so you know how all the stories and all the documentaries movies whatever are about team usa right yeah well the start of this documentary was cool there like you've heard the u.s story many times but this is the story of the russians and it, i just kind of thought like wow yeah they never you never really hear about their side of the story right true actually yeah good so, point Dude, it like it's such a cool dog. I recommend, even if you're not a hockey fan, I think people would really like it. So basically, it talks about before they went to the Olympics in 1980. Like at that time, Russia, I mean, Russia is a communist country now, but at that time, like you they weren't allowed to like citizens weren't allowed to leave the country of Russia. You couldn't, you couldn't leave. Yeah. And so they like the players on the national team were actually in the army and their job was like to play hockey. So fucking literally. All they did was play hockey. They just like lived together, played hockey. So like the government would lock them in barracks, like away from their family. Yeah. And they just trained like all day, every day, played hockey. And they just fucking dominated. Like they would play, they would play, they would win the Olympics every year, world championships. They'd go and play the NHL all-stars and fucking smoke them. They they were better than anyone. And then they went to the, um, the Olympics in 1980, like so confident, like they blew out team USA 12 to three or something in like an exhibition game. And then they got to like, yeah, late in the tournament and they ended up losing to the U S anyway, it talks about in detail about the game and whatever. And they still thought like they were in shock, of course, that they were like tied and like late in the third period losing. And even, and they said like, even though we were down, like at never, no point did they think they were going to lose and they ended up losing. It's pretty like, wow. Unbelievable. And then while while they're talking about this, one of their players is like, in modern times, went to the arena and was like talking about what the coaches were saying at intermission and stuff. And he said like after the game, the coach is like, "Yeah, you're retiring. You're fucking done." No way. Like the coach is like fucking psycho. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so then there was, I guess, like, and then they said prior Olympics, they'd come home and they'd be greeted by like huge media and like government officials, whatever. They were just viewed as a failure for winning a silver medal. And they came home and no one was there except their families to greet them. And then they got called into like a government building and met with like the communist party. Like it's, it's wild. Holy shit. And then, so at this point, like one of the, I can't remember his name, but one of like the Russians best players the New Jersey Devils, I guess, drafted him. So at that time, like you could draft a Russian player, but he would never be able to come over and play because they weren't allowed to leave Russia. Okay. But I guess Devil, New Jersey Devils wanted to take a chance. They drafted him. And he, I, Lou Lamorello, who was like the general manager or coach, mm-hmm. was in kind of somehow communication with the Russian player. And he was saying like, yeah, when you guys come over, because they came over once in a while to play in like a exhibition against the Canadian All-Stars or whatever, or U.S. All-Stars. Okay. So they came to play in the U.S. in like a tournament. And he's like, yeah, when you're here, like just stay. Like basically just defect and don't go home. And he's and then the, the player was like, no, I can't do that. I have to do it the proper way because I want to pave the way for other Russian athletes to be able to leave the country. Wow. And so and then I guess he went back. So the Russian player went back and 
I think the government said, like, granted him release. Yeah, you can go. Like, we'll, we'll release you from the army and you could be free and go play in the NHL. So then the Lou Lamorello flew to Russia to meet with the player and, like, the Communist Party. And then I guess when he walked in the room to negotiate, the government just said, yeah, no, we're not letting him go. And then so, yeah, and then so obviously they were both devastated. And then they told this story also. Lou Lamorello, I guess, had a hotel room, like, somewhere in Russia. And the player came to to visit him to like to talk to him privately so he like snuck down a back like a back staircase got up to his room somehow and then he knocked and came in and he said like he told him like to stay quiet because he knew like the, the room would have been bugged by the government and like they're like passing notepads back and forth to, to communicate fucking insane holy shit yeah so eventually i guess then the russian player like met with the minister of defense and it was like, yeah, I want to leave the NHL. You grant you, you like promised me I could leave. Like, I want you to let me leave. And then he said he wrote on a piece of paper, like, I'm the Russian defense minister. Like, I grant you release. And the player signed it and he handed it to the defense minister. And the guy's like, you know, I could send you to the North Pole and lock you away with polar bears forever. I can end your life. Like, yes, dude, it's insane. <laughs> oh my God. And so anyway, he ended up, he somehow they grant ended up granting him a release. So he's the first ever Russian citizen to be granted release by the country and he got a working visa to come play in the nhl and ended up playing for five seasons and won a stanley cup with the red wings and like he paved the way for other russians to come so eventually like a few other players from the uh soviet union team that they were a part of yeah were on the red wings and they're carrying the stanley cup around together and he brought the stanley cup back to russia and stuff and then now like i mean there's tons of russian players in the nhl and yeah. athletes anyway Long story, but it was amazing to watch. Dude, long story, but I got to watch this now. That's insane. What a, like, yeah. I mean, what a world to live in when they're just like, no, we're not letting you go. It's like, what do you mean you're not letting me? Like, I'm a free person, right? It's like, no, you're not, clearly. Yeah. You're not, like, they, you, you're not free in that country, yeah. It's nuts. You know, it's crazy, too. That was in, like, the 80s or 90s. It's not even long ago. Honestly, if, if somebody asked me, oh, when was the 80s or 90s? 20 years ago? 10, 20 years ago? It's like, it still feels like, <laughs> it's just like... I don't know, a little while ago, a couple years ago. Yeah. So anyway, it's amazing because he's the reason why all those guys in the NHL now are able to leave Russia and play in the NHL. Wow. So what's this documentary called? Of Miracles of Men? Um, of Miracles of Men, yeah. Okay. It's a 30 for 30 years document. It's, it's amazing to watch. It's like, so cool. I'm legit watching this now. Yeah, that's insane. Holy crap. Yeah, so it's I kind of opened my eyes because you know it's funny too. Like everyone in like for sure Canadians of hockey always be like, yeah, fuck the Russians, fuck Russia, go Canada. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? like, <laughs> when you're watching this documentary, you can't help but feel like compassion for the Russian hockey players and rooting for them because it's not their choice that they were born into that. You know, they're just yeah. forced to do that. And yeah. Wild. It's wild it's world. Crazy. Another world. Seriously. Yeah. That is a different world than we live in. Holy smokes. Um, in other news, how's that training been going for the grand? Uh, it's been going all right. We've, um, man, it's, it's really kind of a little frustrating. We've had some beautiful weather here in one sense in Vancouver where it's been super mm -hmm. sunny, but the problem is the temperature is hovering around freezing. And for people that don't know what happens when it does that, it just, you get screwed with the, like with the track conditions. So at night, the track will <laughs> freeze and be obviously become frozen all the moisture in the ground just freezes and then as it warms up during the day and you go to ride the track it melts and it turns into mush so it's super sunny but we've been struggling to get some good riding conditions in because of that every time we go to the track we try to get some efforts in before the track completely thaws out 
And then by the time we get like halfway through our session, the track is just mush, muddy, making ruts everywhere. So it's, it's tough right now, a little frustrating, but I mean, it's winter time in Canada. It's one of those things you can't really expect much more. So it is what it is. Side note, we're streaming an extremely low quality on YouTube. Is that always the case? We're on 144p. That sounds terrible. I'm not like a huge knowledgeable guy, but that sounds like terrible conditions right now. Aren't we usually on HD? Yep, we are usually, I feel like. It's a great question. Oh, this is automatic. Maybe it's just my phone. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not. We're, we're you know, we're not really the, the most high quality production around here, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you guys heard on the I show i mean we had like our a meeting debrief on the show so yeah we have corporate so i don't know if this is now i'm at 144p i don't know if this is i think for everyone or just me i'll be honest when i see you on my youtube screen you look kind of blurry and i see me and i look fine <laughs> interesting <laughs> check your zoom settings check your video settings maybe we're on a low zoom setting i don't know Okay, one of those things. That's, that's um, <laughs> this is this. I gotta say, this is a shitty time to train in Vancouver because it's cold, it's damp, and then yep. the, the track will the track will warm. I was gonna say wake up, will warm up, and then it'll just be mush. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because, like I said, it, it seems like it's beautiful out, and it's like eight degrees outside. You're like, dude, what a day! I could be riding regular pants, no hoodie, whatever. But no, the track just mush. So. It's like you got to either ride super early when it's super cold while it's still frozen or you have to go ride the indoor now, which is built. But as we all know, the indoor isn't the most ideal place to train when you're going to the race. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great for sure. It's better than nothing, but it's, it's, if you can ride outside, it's much better. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I, I'd rather prefer just doing gates on flats and then, I don't know, riding a skate park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Um, in other news, it's been it's been 60 Fahrenheit. Well, probably between like high 50s at night and like up to 70. It's officially sweater weather in Southern California. It's cold. That's it's officially winter down there. This is what it's winter's like. It's officially, it's officially winter when it's 60 degrees and chilly in the morning. That's what's chilly. I'll be honest. Sounds soft because that sounds lovely right about now. But also that's a great temperature because that's a perfect time to wear clothes. I'm like, it is a wonder, it is a wonderful temperature because it's dry yep. and it's sunny, but it's, yeah, it's weather where you wear a hoodie. You can wear like a, a nice yeah hoodie, a light jacket, nice pair of pants, maybe show off a yep. new shirt. You don't just have to rock yep. a shirt and a t-shirt all the time. It is pretty nice. I yeah. do like that. Yeah. Like that time of year is a beautiful time of year for weather. It is. I mean, um, I'm just very jealous up here. All those people in the cold, everyone listening to the cold, just like, yeah, we're, we're just jealous. There's nothing more to it. They're like, yeah, fuck this guy. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was out at Chula Vista, the BMX this past week and coaching uh, one of my guys, Landon, getting ready for the grands, working on some things. And I was talking to Tyler and Dale Holmes. I hadn't seen Dale in a while, but fuck that guy's a legend. And he was saying he listens to, uh, listens to all our podcasks. So shout out Dale. Oh, no thanks way. For, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. For, yeah, he's cool. I haven't talked to him in a while. It's always fun to talk to him about, I don't know, just industry stuff or whatever. He's got so much experience. You imagine those guys like Dale, like that kind of era. So they raced, I mean, obviously prior to when we were pro, clearly. But like when they were, when I was a young kid, they were in racing pro and in their prime. So they've seen BMX from then until now. They have such a vast experience of BMX. Like I feel like a lot of times we see BMX in a pretty narrow 
um, whatever, narrow field, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whereas they, they have such a huge experience. I think that's pretty cool. You can compare different eras and, you know, pros and cons of both. Yeah. It's a really good point. I mean, when I, when we talk about riding and racing, my window is it basically starts at 2008. If I'm being honest, like I watched races from before that, but that's like just barely starting where I'm like, okay, let's talk about old races. Like let's start from there. And that's what I know. Like, let's say 2008 onwards, but for them and like Dale and whatnot, he's been in the sport for, yeah, I would love to know how many years his entire life. I'm sure really the amount of mm-hmm. the sport has changed from when he started to turn pro to now like has run, has, he's like run a team. He does his podcast. Like the amount of things that he's gone through, man, it'd be crazy to get the full range of everything that he's seen in the sport. Imagine how different, I mean, I guess flat hill races are, I mean, the tracks would be a bit more advanced now, but generally that's, I feel like that's stayed pretty constant. But can you imagine if you showed a supercross track to someone who was racing in like 1997? They'd be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what do you mean you're starting what on that big hill? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I um, wonder, I wonder what they thought of their tracks then, because when I've like talked to a little bit, like to Adam a little bit back to when he raced, um, he's always like, you know, when you, when you see the the old tracks now, you don't, you never realized back then that they were like small or flat or had little jumps like that. Cause I was just normal. But now you look back and you're like, man, there was like no jumps. There's no turns. Like what was that kind of thing? Yeah. 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 The tracks seem like so tiny, but then yeah, it's at the time they don't. Yeah. It's weird. Even now, actually, like you go to a track you used to think was pretty big and the turns look tiny it's and true. you're like, Oh, I used to think that thing was big. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so my iconic track that I never got to race, but it was my favorite race to watch, favorite track to watch was Copenhagen. I eventually got to ride it once in my life and I showed up there and tiny, dude, tiny, tiny. like it doesn't, the straights aren't as like the second and third straight are pretty long, which is what I expected. But the turns aren't that big. That second turn's kind of small. Last turn, super small, very different than what I always imagined and pictured watching. But I gotta say, even I guess the first time I went, I was young and never rode Supercross. I was like 17 or 18. So it seemed pretty tech, but I think even then though, it wasn't considered big. You don't think it was? No, we had the worlds there in 2011 and it was, it was small. It felt like it was still tight in those turns. Hard not to over jump second straight. Yeah. Same things. Like for sure. Everyone's faster now, no question. But I think even then it wasn't considered big, but I still, like even now, I think you could still have a good race there. I think you could too. I mean, the first straight's still cool. Yeah. The second straight, I think probably had to beef it up a little bit. I've only seen pictures and videos, um, but it'd still be good. I think. Yeah. I mean, De- Copenhagen, yeah, I Denmark is just a huge cycling country as well. So most of the most tech pro sets are ones that are smaller. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the hardest pro set sections aren't the biggest ones. Like no. that second straight would be because you'd have to be super aware of the lips and landings. It's steep and tight and short. Yeah, they were sharp, eh? The landings, I always remember, were super sharp. Especially the second one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Super steep, yeah. I mean, it's more tech because you gotta you gotta really sprint and then loosen up and catch backside. I, I like that. It makes it makes it harder. How was um if you how was Chula by the way? Because I mean, they don't really ride there that much anymore, hey? Because now Tyler is San Diego. How was Chula? I mean, it's good. It's Chula. Like, I, that's my favorite track in the world. The, the Amtrak there? Chula ABA is my favorite track. All right. 
Stamp it. Whenever when people ask a question, stamp it. That's your track. I was thinking about this when I got there. Like I can't think of a track. Like when I think of my favorite track, I think of that place because it has, it has everything you need. It has a really good first straight to train on. Has a first jump you could pedal manual. Also has a first straight. Like if you want, you could do like a sprint and jump both triples. Mm-hmm. Tough tech pro set. Good rhythm section. Like it's a really good training track. Has a bit of everything. I think it preps you for almost any type of track. I so I I personally really like it. He's made the second straight amateur a little bit easier because I think some people are wanting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most people in San Diego just go to San Diego BMX now. Like he Tyler has huge turnouts at San Diego BMX every week. Um, and it, I think with COVID, he had to shut down the training center for like a full year or two. So people just got used to going to San Diego BMX, yeah. which sucks because that place like Chula Vista in general, but his Chula track too, like those are, that's a world-class facility. And it's the same thing with the supercross tracks. Like nobody goes there. It's crazy. Hey, yeah. It is insane. Cause like you think about even five years ago, the sessions we used to have there every Tuesday horsepower power hour, we'd probably go like, we used to go on like Thursday mornings and I'll do half laps together and whatever and gates. And then we'd ride, we'd ride like Saturdays too, most times. Yep. Um, unbelievable sessions at his track in Chula. And then we'd all, obviously there'd be like 10 world-class dudes and, and women on the supercross tracks. And now it's just a ghost town. It makes me sad. It's crazy how much thing or how fast things change. Like that was legitimately four years ago. Like we were still all there yeah. doing that. So man, that's wild. Cause it is like, I agree that for training, it's one of the best tracks. I think that first jump slash first straight the best one out there in the world. The amount of options oh on my that God. first jump is so cool. It's so good. Like so good. There's so many lines you can do full speed. Like you can go basic with just a manual pump or a pull on manual, or you can get super tech. You can go pull double pedal manual. It's like, there's so many good options. It's so fun. And it was like when we were, I remember we used to come train in Chula or like when I come down and train, it'd be like, okay, well, you know, you're mapping out your week for training, but okay, well, Tuesday afternoon, like, you know, horsepower, so we do gates at Chile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was just the thing, like we, we had that, then, okay, let's just do these on those other days. And that was like, yeah, we're going to Chula on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. So it was iconic. It was, it is an iconic thing. Yeah. I, so who kind of started that? It, Tyler, I think. Like, was it Tyler being like, hey, Tuesday, everyone come for horsepower? Because I feel like Sam was part of that too. Like, the, they would always just do their Tuesday nights. And I think that kind of just grew from there. That's why I asked. Probably. And then he probably called a horsepower hour and then everyone just did it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. You had like almost a full gate sometimes of legit double A's. Dude, it's insane. And the times when like, yeah, it'd be like early New Year and the foreigners would come. Like, I remember one year. I mean, the whole French team was basically there. It was like eight French dudes there. There was almost like two racks of guys. It's like, which rack are you guys going in, A or B? Like, Yeah, and it's like the, you have such world-class supercross tracks too and like unbelievable weather. You got the whole facility and it's like not, I mean, Elise and, Elise and Lauren use it and I think Brooke Craft uses it too. Yep. Um, but besides that, like there's like no one who rides it. It's really sad. It makes me sad thinking about how much how many special like training sessions I had there and like special world cup races there. And then it's just not even used now, really. That's I'd get better. Not turn into a ghost town. The center needs to step up and just bring it back. Well, because it's, it's especially tough now. A USA cycling moved to the facility in Tulsa. Yeah. True. Like true, they're true. gone. So it's yeah. like, 
Yeah, just wild. You have everything there at the center and it's just not used. I mean, we talked about, I think we thought, or you heard something we hope maybe for back in the day. I wish Team Canada bought the center. That would be the most ideal thing. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine? That was just our training center. <laughs> Honestly, ideal if the Canadian Olympic Committee bought it and then that was the training center for Team Canada. That I mean, team, you need, I mean, everyone from Canada goes south anyway. Right. You're all, everyone's to, always looking like, for somewhere warm to go. They go to SoCal or they go to Phoenix or they go to Florida. Like our, all of our track and field athletes go to Phoenix. Like you just, I mean, if you, if you gave them a center at Chula, they'd probably use it too. 100%. Just invest. If they invested, they could have yeah. made something of, but no one invested. Too bad. No, but that, too bad. I, I've thought that, I thought that since I first went there, that would be ideal, but there's no way there. There's no way there. <laughs> Well, one of the moments at Chula, I was going to, I was remembering when we were talking about horsepower was we were there Thursday. It was, I mean, Alex was there. We had some Argentinas there, Argentina guys there. And I think it was like 2017. So like Torres was like the top junior coming out of his class. Alex was the top junior coming out of his class. So the next year, I remember we were there and somehow they got in the gate together, just the two of them. And then we all kind of cheered for it as they went. And then we like kind of forced them to get in two more times and go best two out of three and race against each other. And they, we had like a crowd of people behind them cheering and yelling. It was, it was awesome. I remember, I remember that session. Yeah. I remember Nick had a, Nick had a jug of espresso too. And we were drinking espresso behind the gate. <laughs> Just a thermos. Everyone taking oh, sips so before fun. their gate. Yeah. God, that was so fun. Yeah. I, lo I love that place. That was good. Um, Want to do? Want to do my game? Yeah, let's do your game. We got a couple games today for anybody on here uh, listening, paying attention. We got a couple games today, so you want to just do your we game couple, first? We got a couple. We got a couple fun games. We got uh, we got Tori's ten, and we got James's travel draft. Let's do let's do your ten. Then we'll touch on the French race that came up, and then we'll do the travel draft. All right, people, that's our itinerary. So, Tori's ten. There's ten questions, and we we both got to answer them. Sounds great. I love it. All right. All right. So first one, La who are the last five people you've, you've messaged, you've messaged with on Instagram DMs. So we both got to check. Oh crap. I gotta go on my phone here. All right. I can tell you, you want to go first? I can tell you two of them without even looking right now. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Two of them, the two boys. I was talking yep. to both of them today, literally got a message from one of them. Um, does somebody swiping up on the story count? Uh, no, no. Okay, so I got to. This makes someone sense. like you. You've messaged, I guess. Someone like you've messaged. Okay. Uh, Lenny Kilgore. Oh yeah. He sends me the funniest random videos. Do you ever have those people in your kind of in your life that just send you the randomest, funniest videos ever? Mm -hmm. Lenny's one of them. Um, actually messaged. I sent the, like, I'm looking for one that I sent the message here. We'll say exchange one or two. Okay. Exchange. Like exchange one two. Okay. One message back and forth. Molly Simpson. So it's four. Did I respond? No, that was a, okay. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Ah, one Narengo from Columbia. Okay. That's my five. Uh, mine, Savannah Meyer Clement, Riley's sister, replied to her story on, uh, speaking of, uh, what's the, sh on the Yellowstone, replied to her story on Yellowstone. Then I got 
Ethan Hunt, Peyton Reinar, David Bittner, uh, Stephen Smith. Nice, nice. Want to give any deets while you're chatting about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> With who? Stephen Smith? Uh, anyone. Any gossip? Any good gossip well, going on? Well, Peyton, she posted a story in, where is she? Santiago, Chile. And it's a golf course and the view. So I just replied in full caps, golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. And she replied with the crying, laughing, and the two hand and face emojis. Nice. Um, Okie doke. Next one. Next one. Will you be paying the $8 per month to keep your blue check mark on Twitter? Absolutely not. So Elon Musk has taken over Twitter and he's going to make it so anyone can get verified. You just have to pay $8. So isn't it? So I think it's actually a separate check mark. It's like a different one. No, it's the same one we got. Oh, I thought it was a different little check mark that basically shows that you're like, you. it's like a different, and it's like a different spot and it's a gray little tiny one. No, I think it's the one we got. And then like really official things have like they're double verified. It has like an uh, official and then an, okay, it's well, fucking stupid. Yeah, absolutely not. I could care less. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. No one cares about the blue check mark on there. Well, the thing is, if everyone's verified, nobody's verified. Exactly. Who cares? If you can't tell who the real person is, then who's, what's the point? I don't really give a shit. So. Um, favorite BMX BMXer to watch ride, male and female. Um, I'm gonna do go with two pretty easy picks: Corbin Shaw on the male side, and I'm gonna go with Laura Smulders on the female side. Two people that to me are just butter smooth, and I love watching them as well. I think Arthur Pollard for men. Um, and yeah, I was gonna say Laura too. Makes it makes it look effortless. Pick it, pick a different girl. Who's your next one? Who would you say? Uh, Mariana. That was my other one too. Same idea. Smooth style, smooth, easy style. Smooth. Um, favorite movie. I think one of my all time. Mm, oh crap! Hey, favorite movie. I was about okay. Favorite single one-off movie might be Wolf of Wall Street. I think maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a couple that come to mind. It was like, I think that was first, maybe interstellar. That would be another one. Oh, interstellar is a good show. Yeah. So I'll um, go for that. Wolf wall street. Wedding crashers comes to mind for me. Such a good one. That's a classic. Just timeless. Absolutely <laughs> timeless. The amount of hilarious clips that are come off that movie. <laughs> I laugh every time, every time. Those two together are just hysterical. Yeah, dude, they are. Vince Vaughn is one of my all-time favorite comedians to watch in movies. Uh, favorite celebrity? Margot Robbie and Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Margot, that was a very <laughs> fast answer. <laughs> you know what? She's got a big heart. <laughs> number one. Number one on the list. I think Ryan Reynolds comes to mind. He seems like a, he seems like a nice, good person. He's pretty funny, and I don't know. He just seems like a cool guy. Yeah, he really does. He's a guy's guy. Okay. Yeah, real guy's guy. All right. I think this is number six. Who's a really funny person in the BMX industry the general BMX public wouldn't know of? Hmm. Hmm. 
Undercover funny. Undercover funny. I was out. Who came to mind for me is Corbin. Corbin's pretty funny, and I think a lot of people wouldn't know because he's pretty quiet and yep doesn't have, like social media like doesn't like put himself out on social media a lot. Yeah, that's true. Somebody in the very similar realm of him actually that I think is kind of witty is uh, actually Cam Wood. He doesn't show up very often, but being around Ryan, who Ryan is buddies with him, and and when the, when Cam loosens up, I think he's actually a pretty funny guy. He's pretty good. That, and people that might not might not know Ryan either, but he's fucking hilarious. If you don't know Ryan, Ryan's a, he's, yeah, dude, he's just walking around <laughs> with a live comic the whole time. All okay, time. next one. This might be the most important one we have. <laughs> okay. You can take one thing from Harry Potter out of these three things, a wand, a broomstick, or invisibility cloak. And the broomstick's a firebolt, so you know it's like fast as fuck. Which <laughs> one do you pick? This is the best question I've ever been asked in my entire life. Yes, it is. It's a tough oh, one. Oh man. One. Which wand do I get? Do I get Harry's wand? I don't I don't get the uh I say you, you go to Mr. Ollivander and you you know the wand chooses oh, the wizard. So he, the wand picks me. Oh my god, but the invisibility cloak, I could get up to so much no good. Um so much mischief. I gotta take the wand. The amount that you could do with the wand, I'm taking the wand. For me, the invisibility cloak is out because, like, why would you really need it besides, like, sneaking into football games, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the invisibility cloak. For me, I think I would take the fireball to be able to fly. You know how insane it would be to just hop on your broomstick and just, like, yeah, let's just go cruise over the ocean. Go for a quick rip. Can you imagine the feeling of just, like, ripping on your broomstick over the ocean? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Crazy. It would be inc- it would be just the feel. I don't think the feeling would compare to anything. Probably not. Hey, we probably couldn't. You'd have to be in one of those squirrel no. suits to get any similar feeling. <laughs> uh, the the wand, I would say though, you can operate with the wand too, so you can just appear somewhere. It's true, yeah. But it's not. You don't get. You don't get like the whole thing. You know. You know what I never understood about the invisibility cloak is whenever they're hiding right next to somebody and the, the person can kind of sense that something's there or something's not right. They're looking around. Harry, when he's in the cloak, is kind of backing up, but the guy can't see him. But if the guy walked into him, like walked into Harry, who's wearing the cloak, who's, could, would would you just see Harry or would he feel them? He'd probably, right, like, he'd still he'd, like an object, right? He'd, yeah, he'd, he'd just walk into him. Okay, so he's an object. He's not like he could just walk through him. No, he's fully there. You just can't see him. Okay. Just confirming what I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Because generally you can sense you can sense people if someone's there. <laughs> you know, like you can sense if someone's there. Like you just sense it. Like I know that there's somebody there right now. They might be invisible, but I can tell they're there. <laughs> you can feel their energy or you can just like slightly hear them or whatever. Okay. All right. So you're going with wand? I'm going with wand. Yeah. Final answer. Okay. I'm going with broomstick. All right. Uh, question eight. You have to eliminate one type of food out of your life forever. Mexican, would you eliminate Mexican, Thai, or sushi? Sushi, absolutely not. That's a weekly, one to two times weekly for me. Mexican or Thai. I like Mexican more than Thai. I go to the Thai. I have the same two dishes all the time with the mm-hmm. same one or two appetizers. So I have to eliminate Thai, unfortunately. I think it's delicious, but tacos can't go without them 
I'd eliminate sushi for sure. Like I, I do like sushi. I loved it when I was younger. I don't eat it very often. Like I definitely like it. Like when I go out for sushi, I like it, but I fucking love Thai food. A good chicken pad Thai is just incredible. Um, and I mean, Mexican food is just amazing. So yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be sushi. I think Thai is my number one food. Really? I was going to say, I thought Mexican was a clear favorite. It always has been, but Thai is now. I like, all right. What's your Mm -hmm. go-to Thai? Just chicken pad Thai. Chicken pad Thai. Okay. I mean, I like all, I like the curries. I like it all. I just like chicken pad Thai the best. Do you think like as in sushi, when we get like rolls, if you went to Japan and asked for rolls, like they don't really have them. You think when you, if you go to a real Thai place, like in Thailand or someone's home cooked Thai food, are they making a pad Thai or they have something else? Should ask Amanda Carr this really. So I've never had sushi in Japan. So they don't have rolls. They're not, I don't, I don't know if they don't have them completely, but it's much more rare. They're more about the nigiri and sashimi, I think. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I think I think the rolls is a quite a North American style thing, I think. Mm. We should okay. ask Yoshi kind about of, that. Well, kind of like the burrito. and Like burritos are kind of Tex-Mex. guess so, hey, yeah. Always mm. put a North American spin on it all. Yeah, we do. Next, okay, sorry, okay. Next question. Question nine. You have to eliminate one season out of the year, like uh, like spring, summer, fall, winter. What are you eliminating? Spring, summer, fall, winter? Yeah. Easy, winter. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> Except my birthday is kind of never, in the winter. No, some, people, some people love winter. Some people just love skiing and snow and the whole deal. But It's true. I used to be that guy. I used to be the skier that loved it. But nowadays, I'm not. I'm really not. So bye-bye. Yeah, winter sucks. I don't. Winter sucks. I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we asked this question many times, but I feel like my answers change, and it's always fun to ask. Would you rather have an Olympic bronze medal or be world champion? Man, or have like our world or or have a world championship title? I guess. Yeah. Oh man, I honestly don't know if there's a wrong answer to this question. I'd have, I would no, love to be able to ask some one of these people that has, there are a few people that have one or the other. It's a couple of people have both. Um, man, would I rather I would have? choose, I would choose Olympic bronze. Really? Yeah. Just because yeah. I think Olympic, Olympic medal is the highest thing and most recognizable in front. You'd always be an Olympic medalist. And it's just like, you tell someone that like you'd have more opportunities in life because of it. And, and just having an Olympic medal, like, there's just such an aura around it. So I would choose that over being world champion. I was leaning towards world champion and you were kind of, you kind of just swayed me back the other way, but I'm going to swing right back over and just, I'm going to go with world champion just to, just because mm-hmm. you're a winner at that. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. I so, mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's hard either to... one is wrong. <laughs> oh no. hundred percent. No. All right. That's, um, that's the game. That's the game. Where's the music? Here it comes. <laughs> All right. Headline. Headline time. We talked about this last week. Who will be the best European at the Grands, the highest finisher? Well, based off the race in France that happened this past weekend, I got to go with Jeremy Rancorell. My normal mm. answer would be Sylvan. And I think if you took Sylvan, I think the odds are quite in your favor as well. Just... Oh, are we counting 
Joris is a European. Yes. Oh. Okay, Joris. <laughs> well, yeah, he's living in France now, so. He is, yeah. Yeah, he is technically right. So, yeah, I'd take Joris. Hmm. I think he knows the Grands very well. Um, he has a lot of experience there, a lot of experience doing well, a lot of experience winning. I think he's had some good prep, even though he's been he's been in the States training. I think that helps, so I'm going to go with him. We have a cool breakdown to go over next week. Next week's show from Connor. He did a little breakdown of the whole point series, and he talked about basically Joris being someone who has experience there racing, and that's that helps a lot. So, mm. I could back my guy Pills here. You could, but if I'm being objective, I just haven't seen enough out of my guy this year to back him ahead of ahead of probably Joris. It's an honest um, man right there. Um, yeah. Go on. Yeah, I would say. I mean, Neek's been in the Neek's been in the U.S. for a while now, and he's been training in Vegas and Phoenix. Like he'll have some more flat hill work underneath his belt, and some more time in the U.S. getting comfortable with everything. You never know; it might be Neek. Might be. If we're looking at male and female, you could also take Laura in that realm. That I mean, put her respectively in her top three compared to the males. I could see Laura being the top, yeah, top was, European. I mean, I was referring more to the guys just because I think there's not really any other European people besides Laura coming. So it's a good point too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fair point, but there are a lot of pure European males coming over for sure. Um, kind of yeah. automatically assumed. Yeah. She'd be the highest on the women's of course. But. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think Joris is an easy target to, to take. Neek definitely is probably putting in some time and effort now that he's been, in the US, but I also think he has been traveling around with Justin a lot the past couple months where I don't know if that's as beneficial, but also he hasn't been traveling around like crazy. Like he he was in California, he drove to Vegas and then he was in Phoenix, I think, or around there. So it's not like he's been driving a lot, I guess. Um Joris or Neek you're talking about. Sorry, Neek. I was talking about Neek doing all the oh. driving. Sorry so what's Joris doing in Phoenix? Yeah, so Joris is not in Phoenix. <laughs> um but yeah, it's also hard to count out. Like you see Jeremy flying right now. Um, and you also see Sylvan, who's just a staple to, to run it in for a top three at all times, it seems like. So it's tough. It's a tough pick, but I would safely go with Joris. Yeah, okay. I guess we'll agree on Joris. Yeah. Did, um, did you see the, the race? you see Rain Carell's check he held up? Yes, we we can talk about that because it said so. It said six thousand euros on the check, right? Yes. Um, I've learned he didn't win six thousand euros. That electric motorcycle thing that was in front of him was worth, I don't know, five or six grand, and that's what he wins. That's he won the motorcycle, and they just put the the six thousand on the check. It's pretty sick, though. He can sell it for like five or six G's. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. But it is just kind of funny that he's holding a checkup for six grand, but his, he actually wins the motorcycle. But he was holding another one for like 750 or something. Yeah, I think there was actually like a whole shot check for that probably, which is really good. That, God, that race looked sick. And, you know, they had so many people there watching. Dude, it's insane, eh? I mean, like they know how to yeah, do indoor wow. right. You talk about a two-day event. They had the, what seemed like a sick grandstands, like kind of under the lights. The, grand, the stands were dark. Mm-hmm. The, the track was lit up. Super techie track by the looks of it. They asphalted the turns for a two-day indoor race weekend. Like they went all what in. What a production. Right? What a production. Yeah. 
So it was just a one, was it just a one-off or what was it? Uh, yeah, it was just a one-off two-day indoor race that they put on. I don't exactly know. I think there was some event around it, um, but I don't know the whole deal. But that was a one-off. And then next weekend, there's also another technically one-off indoor race. I can't remember the name of it, where it is. Um, but it's a bigger one with a lot more money up for grabs. I think there's something like 4,500 euros up for grabs each day next weekend. Wow. Yeah. Um, who's, who's, <laughs> it's just like, I just have so many questions. Like, where does this come from? Who's putting these events on? Who's, um, who's putting up, like, obviously we, we realize it's, it's obviously not hard for people or tracks to raise money or for someone to put it up, but who's putting the money up? Any idea? I'm not sure. Actually. No. Um, you should ask pills actually. Apparently I think it's Arthur Pillard's club that's doing the indoor or it is his club indoor or something like that. How do they get so many people to come and watch? Dude, BMX is huge there. I don't know. It's yeah. huge. I, yeah. can I tangent off on something? This could, this could take up. That's mm-hmm. I hope one would take up. With how big we see racing in France, we need to get the world with more eyeballs on our sport. And I say this for the sense of like, our sport has been in the Olympics for a bunch of years now, but I still think there's hesitation sometimes with BMX in the UCI and in the Olympics from what I gather from people's feelings and the high ups in the UCI. We need to start pushing eyeballs, pushing links, pushing videos more i think we need to get just as many eyes in the general public as we can because i think france does it right but i don't think enough people around the world know about bmx and have watched it we need to push it i'm just a public service announcement everyone start pushing (laughs) start pushing baby start pushing links start pushing videos like i mean me included like grands push the videos let people know let people hear about it make your friends watch it like let's get numbers going and this is mainly for the world cups i think but you might as well start now. Did they have an amateur race the same time? I think they actually did. I don't know if it was the, during the same race, but I think there was one during the day because I saw a bunch of kids or amateur older riders racing, maybe. That's key. Like, that is key to get a good turnout, and I think I think World Cup should have that. Like, have amateurs in the morning or something. Have a race where everyone goes. Like, that would increase attendance a lot. It's not... Like in Paris, that would they do the French Cup in the morning or whatever, and people would stay. And the crowds at the Paris World Cups were really good. They've done it in Argentina too. They've done it. I mean, those are the two that come to mind. I think they've probably done it other places as well. But I think that's really important, especially like if you're ever to have a World Cup in Rock Hill again. I think you absolutely need you need something an amateur race in the morning so people stay and watch. Must it's a must have. If you want the numbers and attendance, it's a must have. Unfortunately, it's been proven that a lot of countries, people aren't just going to go and watch. It is. That's true. We, we've hit that. We have realized that now. So let's make something like we're, different. We can't be living in this, in this dream world. We're like, yeah, you know, like 5,000 people are just going to come. Like they're not. We can't just, so, pro- even if we promote it, it's, not people aren't going to come. So let's, let's just bring people to the event. True. Yeah. Because don't like motocross nationals, don't they have amateurs in the morning? Great question. I actually have no idea. I'm pretty sure they do. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I could be wrong, but it's not uncommon in other sports either. No. I mean, I'm pretty sure like F1 weekend, they have other races going on. I'm, that's different. That's, I shouldn't even say that. 
Take that I love back. How, I love how the, first, the first sport you compare is F1. I know. That's where I realized instantly. I was like, what a fucking idiot I am trying to compare F1 to us. No, it's different. I pretend I never said that. Yeah. But yeah, we need amateur race to bring people because it's weird. But for, yeah, people, a lot of countries, people aren't just going to go watch. That being said, in France, people probably would still just go watch. But your numbers are always going to be better if there's an amateur race the same day. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm sure like next weekend's race, I bet you there's going to be, I bet you there'll be an amateur race too. By the sounds of it, it's a big one-off race. Like the indoor track is large. Like it's like a full-size track indoors, asphalted turns as well. Um, apparently there's a bunch of other euros coming in for it. Cause of all like the, since now there's like 4,000 euros up for grabs a day. There's more guys coming. So there's going to be numbers in that one. I'm sure. I mean, point in question, the grands, like the pro night show, I mean, the place is packed. There's thousands of people there watching, but it's obviously because everyone's there. Yeah. Like you think if we just had, if we just had the pro spectacular in Tulsa, do you think, and there's no amateur grands, <laughs> I mean, there'd be, I'd be in the stands and there's probably some other people, but there's not going to be like, there wouldn't be, there, you're not going to get thousands of people out watching. No, you have like you, Laura's entourage, you know, a few other riders. Yeah, me and Frank members. and maybe a few other people in the stands. <laughs> But really, like, I, yeah, okay, you, you like jokes aside, you would get people watching, but it wouldn't be nearly the same. No, it wouldn't, not even close. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did a they did a two main format this past weekend. Sylvan said so. I got some notes from Sylvan, so I didn't we didn't completely butcher what we were talking about. That's why so we didn't completely botch the show. Yeah, basically, yeah. So I still didn't hear everything he said just because of his accent over voice message. Tough, tough go. <laughs> but his English sucks the whole thing it's you know i hate that guy um he did we they did a two main format and i think they decided like right before the main events that they were going to do it because sylvan i think went up to everybody and was like track short i think it was like everyone agreed on it he told the officials and they were fine with it so they just did a two main format kind of random but kind of cool main format kind of sucks because it's it's like if one guy goes one two or two one the guy went two one wins it's weird that that part's weird you might as well do three but then it turns into a full event i feel like I feel like you either do one or three. Yeah. It's almost good that, you know, the guy goes one, one. Yeah. I think you go one or three to make you want to make it like really legit. It's fun for the spectators, but tough. If you're, if there's two guys battling for the top spot. Yeah. Like definitely the spectators are going to see two mains, Yeah, but I also think there's nothing like one main. Oh man. There's, there's something, there's something about it. it really, <laughs> really. There's just, one lap, no crap, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and one, I think it's quite. Imagine if the Olympics were three mains. What a what a shit show that would be. It'd be crazy. The scrambles that would happen. The blowups that people would be going nuts. People would be able to go like two seven four, and like it'd be yeah, it'd be a nightmare, but an awesome nightmare to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do your. Let's do the James draft. Okay, here comes the music. All right, guys. So we're doing travel draft today. So we're going to go. Did I write it down anywhere? Where's my, where's my writing down stuff? Oh, you texted it to me. I, just, I just put travel draft, but you texted it to me earlier. So it'll be in our messages. Okay. Let me look so we can confirm what we're, we're doing a travel draft today. We're doing, you get to bring one bag with you, uh, one piece of entertainment, one item for comfort, and one snack to eat. All right. 
So let's do one at a time because I already forgot what they are. Yeah. So we, we, we go we go back and forth. So uh, you get one travel bag. You want me to go first? You know, come to think of it, I am like kind of blurry on my side. What's going on? I don't know. May, have you checked? Are you on your computer? Yeah. Check your settings. I don't think wiping your finger grease on the lens did anything. <laughs> If anything, I don't know what's going worse. on. Yeah, you're you're clear, but mine's crap. Yeah, you got to check your video settings. Yeah, Maybe go to the bottom left corner. Maybe there's a settings button for video settings. It is what it is at this point. Okay, we're pretty. I mean, it's a, it's at the end of the day, it's an audio podcast. We'll be all right. It is. Um, so one one bag. Um, I'm going with the standard issue. Everyone can relate. Backpack. I'm going with the backpack. Give me a backpack all day long. Computer, everything can go in there. It's fine. Simple backpack. Well, what's the alternative to the backpack? You could bring a fucking briefcase. A briefcase, a duffel bag, or ro- you could bring a roller roller bag. You could bring a, one of those sit on ride bags. Have you ever just have you ever just flew raw and just gone no backpack? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. What am I supposed to do with my things? Only only an absolute lunatic would go <laughs> would go raw. If you see somebody walk on the plane with nothing but their phone and their their ticket basically their wallet in their back pocket, guy's a crazy person. They're about to kill you. Yeah, you need to not get on that plane. Yeah, so I'm I'm taking a backpack. You can't take the yeah. same thing. That's part of this draft thing. So I okay. you got to pick something else. So that's this way the draft works. Uh, are you going somewhere specific or just like in general? No, you're just, you're on a flight. You're, you're going to the airport. You're on a flight. Okay. I'd, I'd take like a, a, uh, not a duffel bag, but like a, like a gym bag, you know, what you over the shoulder deal. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I call that. Yeah. Duffel bag ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. Well, let's say we're flying to the grands, by the way, that's the travel draft flying to the grands. Okay. All right. Second piece. Um, one piece of entertainment. You get to start in this one. We'll say besides your iPhone. Besides the phone, yep. I would say I'd take my iPad because generally if you fly like United or something, you can watch movies on the app, you know? That's a good one. Yeah, I'm a big I'm yeah. a big iPad guy too. I, I would normally go with that. Good pick. You're a huge, I don't think I've met a bigger iPad guy than you. Dude, they're so convenient to watch YouTube videos on. And the the You are just yeah. On the plane, it's a staple. You just whip that thing out. You always got entertainment. So, yeah. Um, if I can't take iPad, the next a lot of people would probably go to laptop instantly. I don't want to take that. I'm gonna go something complete. I don't want to take a book either. Let's be real. I'm not gonna read. I take a book with me everywhere I go. I barely read it. What's that little that little Nintendo gaming system people have? I'm going with that thing. It's like Nintendo a, DS, the, very old, but like like Game Boy or something. The Nintendo Switch. It's like you can take the handles off, you can play Mario Kart. I'm taking that as my piece of entertainment. Right. Kind of made me just want one, but yeah, I should get one. Um, next one. One item for comfort. This could be a variety of different things, I think. Um, one item for comfort. I, I, I have a neck pillow. I can't stand it. I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go with a big hoodie. I I love a hood on the plane. Something comfy. I think that's count. It's not just a piece of clothing. That's comfort on a plane. I'm going with the hoodie. Noise can noise canceling headphones. Oh, good one. All right. Good good choice. Good choice. All right. Uh, last one. One snack item to take with you. 
peanut butter RX bar. Okay, nice, nice. That's a good one. Those are elite bars. <laughs> <laughs> Those bars are fantastic. They get stuck on my teeth when I try to eat them. I can't stand that. They are delicious. Um, I'm going to go with the trail mix. Kirkland Costco brand trail mix that has peanut M&Ms in the trail mix. I'm going with a little bag of those. Costco has elite snacks. They really do. They're unbelievable. So my travel day, I got a backpack. I got a Nintendo Switch. I got a hoodie. And I got some Kirkland trail mix. You sound like you're 12 years old. <laughs> What's yours? I got a I got a duffel bag. I got noise canceling headphones. I got an iPad, and I got an RX bar. I sound like I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like that douchey guy that just you know looks like he's going to the gym, but he's on the flight, but he doesn't want to talk to anybody. I sound like some wealthy forty year old dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well that's the uh, that's the travel draft, everybody. <laughs> All right, should we get in some quick shots? Yeah, we got a bunch of them, so let's hit those. Uh, yeah, we got some, we've been getting some good quick shots lately. I think it helps, like, when you post it and you ask for, um, with your best quick shots or would you rather, those are those are good. Those help. It definitely helps. Okay. Um, um, oh, from Gene Ganson. What's your biggest yip that, you, that you've gotten? Biggest Can you explain yip. what a yip is? You explain what the yips are, but we know what the yips are. Like you have a, you, you get the yips and something, you just can't fucking do it. So I had one, I've, I've told this before in like 2014 or something, dude, for some reason, I like, I felt like I couldn't time the gate. Really? Like I just felt like I had to like fucking rush to, it was weird. Like even gates that weren't fast, I feel like I just like couldn't react to the red light fast enough. And then I would like hyper react and like, it wasn't good. And I feel like I was always late and it was just like, I couldn't. It was weird. I couldn't time it. That is no matter what. The, yeah. It was really weird, and I never had it again. But it was so strange. I had, I had like the timing yips. Random as hell, hey? Oh my god. Yeah, it was frustrating. It yeah. was so frustrating. You know what? Similar to that, earlier this year, me and me, I couldn't turn. For some reason, I <laughs> I I couldn't turn properly. Like my form and everything looked fine. I could not turn. Me and me and Ryan went to Vegas. And there's a couple of those tracks that have tiny turns, like boulders, small turns. Yeah, they're um, small. We went, I can't, what's the one other track? Um, one of the other tracks, small last turn. Me and Ryan are doing a half lap, a three, four. By myself behind him, I ride myself basically over the turn. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing out here. Something's wrong with me right now. I literally, I think the next day I went for like half an hour to an hour on the street and just did turns around cones because I was like, something's wrong. No shit. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's going on, buddy. I need to go. I need to go turn. Like, <laughs> was that Nellis or Ed Fountain or what? Um, oh, Whitney Mesa. No, not Whitney Mesa. It was Ed Fountain, I think. Ed Fountain. I just named. All, yeah, I just was gonna say. I just named all four tracks in Vegas. So it's got to be one of them. <laughs> it's the one. There's a the little <clears throat> rollers out of the gate are really quick. It's got to be Ed Fountain. Ed Fountain. Yeah. I had another one once. Oh, well, I just thought of it. Just thought of it. Oh, I had another one once for like a week. Dude, I didn't know. I didn't know where I looked after I snapped. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I didn't know what. I didn't know. You say, like, you see the red light and then you go. Yeah. I didn't know, like, where I was supposed to look 
after that. It was really, it, was, it lasted like a week. I was like, I think it happened yeah. at, the end of a, at the end of a hard week of training, you know, and you're kind of like fried and like whatever, you're not, yeah. you're not like there. Yep. I like didn't know where to look. It was super weird. And I remember telling PH, I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to look. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what, just, what do you mean? Where do I look? You just fucking ride your bike. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like I'd snap and then I'd feel super awkward. Like I didn't know what to do. Start looking was, around everywhere. Weird. Get dizzy. Dude, yeah, that's it was hilarious. Weird. That's a good one. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's everyone everyone's had the yips i always got something random from uh harley trt would you rather race grands with a hangover or food poisoning oh god you know what knock on wood i don't think i've ever had food poisoning knock on wood i think actually one time i ate some like slimy lunch meat and then i had a nap when i was in high school because i felt sick (laughs) Um, <laughs> I had a nap, so I did, I had slimy meats. So I know, there's one time. There's one time I was making my sandwich for school. I was like grade ten or something, and it was like a bit slimy. It was like old. But I thought it was fine, so I just did it. Had it for lunch, and I felt like kind of sick when I came home from school, and so I just had a nap, and I woke up later and I felt better. But anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> being hungover is fucking brutal. Yeah, I think both suck. I'll take hangover because I think, once again, I don't know for exact, but food poisoning, you just have no energy. Like, I hangover, you're going to feel, your head's going to feel like crap, but you, you can probably get your muscles to work still. I guess it depends how hungover you are, but I would, I would, I was going to say hungover also. Yeah, fair. Um, from Thunder Midget, right hand turn or left for the first turn or have your stronger turn be the last one? Well, depending on the layout, because generally the turn is the first and third turn are probably the same way. So, I mean, for me, I guess my preference would be turning to the left. So I'd go left, left. Yeah, I like turns to the left. Mm-hmm. If that's just the question, yeah. Um, not, from novice tendencies, would you rather get motoed <laughs> or ride a non-power light frame with power light decals? I should have read that. It's the most random question. Write a non-power light frame with a power light decal. I'm a Claiborne answer S squared guy, so I'll just take getting motoed. Hold the phone. Do you win with the power light random oh. frame and decal setup? I mean, if 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 it's a win, I mean, how do you not take a win? Yeah, I know. That's tough. One. That's tough. Yeah. Um from monty jc pros getting new bike setups all the time what happens to the old bikes which ones have you kept that's a great question that is a great question i i keep one from every year now yeah i i mean i've kept like all my recent ones but i sold like all my old red line ones and stuff yeah i have like my a couple of my yes ones i had i gave back but i have like a one of those iconic like one of ones i thought was special i have from my years on Claiborne now, I have one from each year built up, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think most pros would just have a shit ton of bikes in the garage like like we do. Yeah. I have like a like an array of parts. I could probably build up another bike with the parts I have. Yeah. Gotta have backups, you know? We, we Dude, we ride our bikes a lot. You know, when a yep. general person rides a bike, they probably ride it for a year. No problem. It's like, it definitely, we could, we could ride what they do in like three months. Especially the amount of torque going through it every time with gates and sprints and whatnot. Dude, yeah. Totally. 
Oh, am I up? Sorry, I'm up. That's why. Um, from Kai Dot Altendorf. Would you rather ride a 2.1 knobby tire or a one and one eighth slick tire? That is fucking awesome. Oh, you, no. you gotta go 2.1. You gotta go 2.1 knobby. Oh, especially at Grands. I'm not taking a slick tire. I'm taking the knobby all day long. Give me a little extra grip you if would, I can. You would hit the deck instantly with a one and one eighth. <laughs> you imagine trying to turn with those things? It'd be like you're riding on a toothpick. Oh, my gosh, yeah. From Drew Polk, would you rather run a 35-16 or 53-16? <sighs> my goodness. Louise. Um, I'll take super spinny, I guess. I'd rather spin. My back is already sore thinking about a 53-16. Imagine how exhausting a lap would be on a 35-16. Your heart rate would be through. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be spiked by the first turn. Oh my god! Yeah, I'd probably. I mean, I'd go fifty. Fifty three would feel much smoother. It's true. A little something. You're you're were pushing to guy. I feel like. Are you taking? Was I? Are you no. taking? Yeah. Oh, are you taking the big one? Big combo. I'm taking a bigger one. All right. I mean, I was personally better with smaller gears. I feel like most of the time. Yeah. Um, my natural. I mean, my natural tendency is towards speed, but I mean. 3516 is fucking tiny. So small. Yeah. Right, let's we're going. Hit, we're going. Let's hit another Drew Polk coin here. Would you rather loop out or go over the bars? Over the bars. I'd have to say that too. At least you see it coming a little bit. I don't like going backwards. Loop out, you just have no control and it's just so scary. Like it's that's awful. so scary. Yeah, awful. Um from Eddie Cannons, do you like the single jump last straights or would it be better something more technical? Single jump last straights are, are terrible, honestly. You need, I'd like to see like a rhythm section or a few jumps or anything on the last straight. You need an actual last straight. Yeah. yeah. The one jumps, it's just, to me, it's a waste of a straight. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're, all you're doing is setting somebody up for a big blast in the last turn and then hoping they can just ride away from it with a one jumper, I feel like. Yeah. Um, PJ O'Brien over under on how many times his front fr- front flip from the grands gets played. I'm thinking over a mil, over one mil, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Just the most incredible crash I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Um, from Freckles BMX, would you rather be rammed in the ankle by a scooter kid or fall riding down the ramp, swerving to miss him? <laughs> fall, probably fall riding down the ramp, swerving to miss him. Dude, at least maybe you slide a little bit. If you get rammed in the ankle by a scooter kid, your ankle's done for the weekend. Just imagine you just eat shit going down the ramp. Oh, I'm pissed. <laughs> you got your high post. You got your helmet on the bars. You got your music playing in. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed. Just yard sale at all? No, thanks. Yeah, yeah that would suck, though. Um, Thunder Midget he says last year 32 pros got eliminated first round will the same thing happen this year how many pros this year I think it's going to be a high number of pros this year I think so too yeah I don't know if I guess if they're going straight to quarters they'll be a high number again cut but I don't know if they have a high enough number they'll have to do eights but I think they'll probably be like in the 50 to 60 range of riders so it'll be a good cut down to quarters I think so huh that's my guess, many. yeah. I was going to guess 40 somewhere. So I'm thinking there'll be a good 20 rider cut, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, from Scott Wire, should Grands race motos by age groups 
on specific days like worlds or stay the same? Great question. That's a really good question. I mean, honestly, the format, I mean, it's kind of got to change at some point. It's good, unless we're there just an entire week in the future. The fact that they have the, the rock is two days and the grands is two days. It's crazy. Just how long it all takes. There's got to be some kind of difference, but yeah, I don't know if, I think that would be an option. I don't see why not. You're already there so long anyway. Like the families stay there the entire week. I feel like already. Why not just do like the young kids the one day, the older kids the other day, throw the cruisers in with one of the groups too. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's the whole reason why Worlds does it the way they do, right? Because they have so many riders. It makes sense. The thing is, though, there's more races at the grounds because there's opens and stuff too. So. Oh, true, true. Yeah, soon we're just going to be there from like Saturday to Saturday, the weekend before to like Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, probably, yeah, the whole week. Yeah. <laughs> it almost is at this point. Uh, we got any more? Um, thoughts on that's a prop? Yeah, there should Grand race Yeah, okay, that's Nick Long said. Who's, John, your, she's, who's your? She's trip? already loaded with beers. Oh, sorry, I was going to say John's comment in our latest one. She. She's the, the rig is already loaded with beers for the show. <laughs> he, he knows it's ready to go. The party's ready to go. Yeah. Um, Nick Long says, who's your triple crown winner choice? How much of their duffel bag cash will be spent at the pub? I don't know. Hopefully they buy a round for everyone. <laughs> what? No, hopefully they buy a round for people, whoever oh, wins. I hope so. But the racing ends so late. I don't think people have time. You don't have time to go out after you get, remember we got back to the hotel at like one 30 in the morning, didn't we? Yeah. I remember going, I think it was last year. Yeah. I went out and the, the place was closed by the time we got there. We had to go to somebody's house party instead. Yeah. It closes at what? 2am probably. I mean, we got back at like one 30 last year, didn't we? Something like that. Yeah. The, dude, the racing ends at like 11 o'clock. Yeah. Um, and then you stay after normally hang out, talk. I mean, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, from race 2406, <laughs> kids post, he says kids from Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> so it just means any kids post from, but kids are posting with gang style rap music. Yay or nay. Should somebody tell them? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's funny. I mean, it's just music. I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. It's a good way to just show a little bit of your character. Now you oh, not your character, some of your personality, what you like. In music. Yeah. I think yeah, so. whatever the music's out there. Who cares? Everyone's heard it. I think that's it on the quick shots. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with a Grands Preview show. Official. Official Grands Preview show. Title will be broken down. Title Hunt is going to be uh, talked about a lot. Yeah. Pretty cool that like we're actually at the Grand Show again. Because we just did it. Dude, it does. Feels like we, did our, we were just there doing our live show. We got another one coming up. I mean, what a time to be alive. I know it's going to be a, it's going to be a great show. So we're going to release it. Yeah. It'll probably be released Sunday or Monday. So you guys can listen on your way to the grants. Everyone has their long drives. We know that. So be ready, be ready. But pro get Europe winning starts the great gate. Make sure to snap on green in Tulsa as well. Absolutely. Snap on green. What's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs>
you have to be fast on the track. I hate that guy. <laughs>